Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents. October 1st, 0710. Finally got the intel I needed. It's taken time, a lot of time. Time I didn't really have, but it paid off. Big time. No free rides. You gotta earn it. I went AWOL at 0422. Hiked the fence, waited in the bushes for any signs. No one saw me. I turned tail and headed for the hills. Figured I had anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes of leeway. I didn't take my time. I kept a pace any drill instructor would have been proud of. I had one fall. Banged up my knee pretty bad, but didn't think, didn't react, just ran. When I reached my resting point, I'd take inventory. The darkness worked to my advantage, keeping me hidden. But it was also a hindrance. These eyes don't work well in the black. I got a flashlight. Didn't want to risk it. There were a few dead ends, a few walls I couldn't get over. It happens. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I made it to an abandoned cabin by 0700 and made myself at home. Plan to make the next audio report in vicinity of the target. October 1st, 1835. I'm here. Weren't no easy ride. A lot of grinding and beating the dirt. Plenty of sweat shed. Probably lost a few. Will be great for my figure, even though I'm 100% pure muscle and look fucking awesome. 
I got to the bivouac point at 1700 and reconnoitered. Okay, I've had it with the jargon. Nobody cares. I certainly fucking don't. So I'm going to can it. Although a foobar or two may show up, so don't be surprised. I approached the town from the northwest. I had a feeling I was getting close when things started to change. I was already deep in the middle of nowhere, so no people, no vehicles, nothing to write home about. But the trees kept getting denser. It felt like they were starting to move, getting closer together, closing off my roots, doing some wicked end shit. I didn't like it one bit, so I clawed my way through, scratching myself up royally. (sighs) Probably a poison ivy making itself known when I bed down tonight. Then the wildlife disappeared. The birds stopped chirping. The cricket stopped making that racket. Soon it was just the sound of me and my own. My breathing. My movements. The sandpapery sounds of my clothes brushing the foliage. It was eerie. Fuck it. It was downright scary. Then I broke through. I was relieved. But seeing that stone wall, I got scared in a whole new way. It was domineering, it was solid, it was impending, it was real. Ostium. After all that watching and waiting, all that time, to finally be here, I was trying not to lose it. There was no point of visible ingress from where I was standing. I headed east, following the wall until I got to a corner. The wall continued south. I headed back the way I'd come. The wall took me west for a while, then another corner and more south wall. I followed it in that direction for over a mile. I found another corner and turned east. The light was starting to fade. I didn't have much time. I already knew I was going to be spending tonight outside, under the stars and with nature. I found the gate next. It was all rusty and old. There was a shiny padlock on it. That didn't make sense. It also looked weird. Hexagonal. I'd never seen anything like it. Getting in was tomorrow's problem. I made myself scarce in the foliage. Found a good spot to bed down. Grab some grub. More delicious and nutritious MREs. Time for some shut-eye. October 2nd, 1121. My goal with these recordings was to keep as much of me out of them as possible and just record the events. I knew when I made that promise it wouldn't be long before I broke it. This is me, breaking it. I'm somebody who needs to be in control. Always. It's who I am. It's my makeup and my DNA. So when I got up at 0600 this morning and approached the gate, seeing that padlock gone was... kind of destroying. More so than the lack of the sounds of fauna or anything else that's happened to me so far. It was just so fucking wrong. Someone or something higher up had played a hand, was in control, and at the moment there was nothing I could do about it. I would go inside Ostium and, perhaps, play into that very hand. So that's what I did, opening the rusty gates and entering the place that, more than a year ago, I thought was something reserved for stories about Atlantis and Avalon. You may have noticed I'm a little more loquacious in this particular report. Well, let me say that breaking that first promise was a significant break in the dam of my stringent and restrictive training. I want these reports to be useful and informative, not just terse step-by-step operations that are dry and lifeless. Whether it's me listening to them or someone else, 
I'm going to make them something of substance. The satellite imagery was correct. If there's one thing you can't fault for being wrong, it's those eyes in the sky. Those little blinking lights traveling overhead at night, watching you 24-7. A grid work of simple streets with individual one-story buildings streaming along like the epitome of suburbia. Everything looking just like the other. On each door was a number. There was no apparent sequence or connection between the buildings and the numbers. Using some basic logic, I seek out the building that's not like the others, with a nice broken clock at its apex. I check my watch to be sure. I opened the door with full confidence and found a cozy pad inside. The kitchen was stocked with canned goods. The bathroom had toilet paper. Charm and soft. There was even a goddamn bottle of head and shoulders in the shower stall for smooth and silky hair. Steve got it all organized the way he wanted. The first thing I'd been told by the covert cell of the secret group of the clandestine wing of the United States government about Ostium was that nothing was known about it. It was a complete mystery. There were two pervading theories. Either it was from a parallel world, or it was something created by aliens. October 2nd, 1943. I've just gotten back from conducting a thorough search of the limits of Ostium. There are doors everywhere, and in every sense of that word. I mean every sense. Doors on buildings. Doors in underground passageways. Doors literally just flat on the ground. Multiple doors in the walls bordering the town. Doors hovering off the ground. Doors lying horizontally in the air, four feet off the ground. Doors just standing there like silent sentinels. One door at the top of a ladder under the water tower. There are doors fucking everywhere here. Behind a few of them, there were moans. I shit you not. Fucking creepy, man. Fortunately, while every door had a number on it, I didn't need to record them all and where they were in relation to each other. Whoever or whatever created this place left a handy-dandy wooden table with a handy-dandy map carved into it. With this sucker, I can't get lost. At least not physically. Mentally, that's a whole different can of fish to fry. Okay, I may be having a little too much fun with this, but what the hell. There appears to be absolutely not one fucking iota of logic with numbering of the doors. So tomorrow at the crack of dawn, I'm going to pay door number two a visit and see if it grants me access. For now, I'm going to have me some delicious canned tomato soup and enjoy the confines of my new home. I sure hope there's hot water in the morning. October 3rd. 1544. So the parallel dimension mumbo-jumbo-dealio wasn't too far off. But first off, there was plenty of glorious, scalding hot water. It was one of the best showers I've had in a long time. The shampoo was okay, and thank God it was the two-in-one kind with conditioner. Here's a fun personal fact. I can get through anything, anything, so long as they're running hot water. The door opened, and I went through. Somehow, I was in Roanoke, Virginia in the 16th century. It was incredible. I took my time, looked through all the houses and cabins. There wasn't another soul there, just like the legend said. The details were almost unbelievable, breathtaking even. The smell of it all, the sights, the sounds, it all felt so real. Was it real? I don't know. Is it possible to have a door leading to a pocket in time? According to some of the rumors going around the base, sure. I got a kick out of it. I decided I didn't want to spend too long here, just in case I had issues getting back, 
but I wasn't going to leave without a keepsake. In one of the old wooden houses, I found a carved wooden figurine and headed back, double time. The doorway was there, waiting for me, and I zipped through. On the other side, I headed home, swaggered in like I'd been living there for years. Once I got settled and opened up a can of cocktail weenies and some minestrone, I took a look at my trinket. It was a woman, carved from some wood, a cross between a Venus of Willendorf and a heavy-set nun. The detail was simple, but powerful, and the statuette was worn smooth, not from carving, but from a palm, four fingers and a thumb, endlessly rubbing it. Was it a talisman for someone? A religious keepsake? Something greater? I took the rest of the day off, decided I'd earn myself some rack time. I was my own boss now, anyway. Settled down that night after a nutritious meal of pot roast. The meat was bland, but the potatoes were pretty tasty. Whenever I get done here, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to look at canned goods again without puking my guts out. I kept the figurine beside me and went to sleep snug as a bug in a sleeping bag. October 4th, 0332. I I just had a really fucked up dream. It was one of those ones where you know you're in a dream, but there's nothing you can do about it and just have to ride it through. It it was tripping balls. A, A clockwork orange meets Ziggy Stardust hanging out with Tommy. Maybe passing through that door scrambled my circuits in some way. Traveling through dimensions to another time can't be good for the noggin, right? I I was all floaty, flying around like I didn't have a leg to stand on. I don't think I ever touched the ground. I kept switching back between Ostium and Roanoke. Dream versions, that is. Everything was a little tweaked and blurry. It all looked off. Different. Like a dozen dreams, but you know where it is even so. I think I only passed through, well, flew through the door to Roanoke once. And then I was just flipping back and forth. There were doors flying around me, turning and revolving like a Pink Floyd music video. But they never touched me. They were all crazy colors. Bright pinks and yellows and oranges and blues. And and there was all these numbers spinning in between them really fast. But I could tell what numbers they were. Single digits, double digits, even a few triple digits. My stomach was churning and I was hoping I'd be waking up soon before I puked. Is a puke dream like a wet dream? What happens on the inside happens on the outside, too? I didn't want to find out. And then this giant wooden Venus of Willendorf appeared, frowning, looking down at me, real pissed for some reason, like all this was my fault. And then she had the map table in her hands. I didn't even blink. It was just there, all giant-like. She started shaking it and moaning at me. All the numbers on all the little houses spilled off like cookies being dumped out of a cookie jar. It made me feel terrible. Sad, like like suicidal. I ran to them but was stuck in my tracks, dredging through molasses. I, I couldn't move. I felt tears hitting my cheeks as the numbers plummeted to the ground. They exploded into millions of pieces, and it felt like my parents had died and everything good in my life was gone. And that's when I woke up. I wasn't covered in puke. A good thing. I instantly remember my parents were both dead, but it's not so bad since they've been gone for a long time. Then I felt that same dread from the dream, like my heart was falling down a black hole. My arm shot out and snagged the little wooden figurine, and the feeling instantly melted away and I felt right better. I clutched to my chest between my breasts like a favorite childhood doll. It felt warm. I don't know if it was giving off the heat or if it was from my hands, but I didn't care. I was just 
I just felt so happy to have it, to have it held against me. I remembered the dream. I saw all those numbers in my head. It made me think. I looked at the doll. I turned it over. On the base was the number two. Couldn't be a coinkydink. October 4th, 11.14. So I've been up for a number of hours. Had an MRE with some canned peaches. Not too bad. Though canned food aside, the MREs are starting to taste like ass. Good job I don't have many left. I found a box of sealed Tetley tea bags. Boil some water in a pot, no kettle, ghetto style. And had a great cup of strong tea. <sighs> I feel like I can tackle anything, even after last night's weird-ass dream. I kept my little carved effigy thingy with me the whole time. As I was eating, I kept looking at the number two. It was downright significant. I knew it. Once I cleaned up, I went to the map table and put the little figurine on top of it. It matched the style. The table and the little woman looked like they belonged together. Then the damn thing started to glow white. Holy shit. I wondered what the hell this could mean. Two. That was it. I grabbed it and I put it on top of the number two on the map. It got brighter. I I could feel the heat coming off it now. The glow expanded until it was all white. I shielded my eyes, and then it all disappeared. The figurine was gone. The number had turned from black to gold. I touched it. It was warm. I spent the last couple hours going over this place in detail. Made a complete mental inventory, so I know what I'm working with here. It turns out if you look hard enough, life gets better. It's not just canned goods, but found some pasta and rice, even some animal crackers. Pretty good supply, in fact. So, things are certainly looking up. Thanks, Steve. And I think I've made the call. This morning was my last MRE. Hopefully ever. Barring a starving emergency situation or someone making off with all the cans. Yeah, like I'd ever let that happen. No one's touching my canned peaches. What the hell is that? Is someone coming? Shit. He's coming this way. Gotta get out of this room. I'm hiding out in the bedroom. If he comes in here, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I... Okay, sounds like he's gone. Who is he? Why is he here? How the hell did he find Ostium? I gotta find him. I gotta follow him. October 4th, 1722. I followed him like a motherfucker. I was trained for this. And with all the buildings and streets, it was like walking through the easy level training grounds. I may have deliberately made some noise. A few times. To freak the guy out a little. He kept looking back and I was gone around a corner or behind a wall. That was damn fun. Who was this guy coming into my house, checking out my stuff? What was he here for anyway? The guy knew where he was going. He was locked in and determined. I started to wonder what was up and then got it once I recognized myself. 
I was peeking around a corner when he stopped in front of door number two. It shouldn't have taken me that long, but this place is one big maze. Pretty spacey. That made me think of my dream, which I had wanted to keep out of my head for the time being. Then he knocked. He goddamn knocked on the fucking door. I gagged myself, stopping a laugh. The guy had a sense of humor. Or maybe when he didn't get an answer, he was just going to walk away? It gave me a chance to look at the guy. Look at his features. He was around six feet. Broad shoulders, short black hair, kind of messy. Large dark eyes, full lips. His skin tone wasn't pasty white, but no tan or golden either. Sort of in between. The guy did go out and get some sun. Sometimes. His build was toned, but not overly. He probably hit the gym a couple of times a week, but wasn't ripped. Overall, he wasn't a bad package. He was cute. Damn cute, actually. Then he opened the door to blackness on the other side. I'd had my first taste of this yesterday. It was still pretty shit-your-pants scary. The guy got this deer-in-the-headlights look and just stared at it. I could tell inside his head a war of choice and decision was raging. He actually started shaking. Poor guy. I figured he'd turn chicken and get the hell out of Dodge. But he surprised me. Fuck it. He said quietly to himself and stepped through. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty fucking impressed. The guy had balls. So now what? It was kind of cool seeing what it looked like. That rectangle of blackness just staying there, not giving anything out or taking anything in. It was kind of hypnotizing. I had to stop myself from walking to it. That's crazy. I made the call. I was going to wait it out. It was just shy of half hour later when the guy blasted through the doorway, slamming the door behind him. He was on his knees, laughing hysterically, like a guy losing his mind or someone who's just experienced the biggest fright of his life. I know how he felt but his laughing echoes were fucking creepy. Once he got his shit together again, he headed back to where I was calling home these days. I followed and waited outside. He hesitated at the door, like he wasn't sure it was going to open for him, and he went in. I was still able to see him through the doorway. He stared at the map table for a few minutes, then came to a decision. I ducked back as he shot out, shutting the door behind him. I kept up and watched him close the gate and get in his old German junker. He drove away. I closed the gate and relaxed, but I knew he'd be back. You can't stay away from Ostium. The town won't let you. October 5th, 1203. Shit got real today. For breakfast, I had me a can of pork and beans. That's right. I'm an adult. I can have what the fuck I want for breakfast. Using the propane, I heated it up in a pot and it tasted goddamn delicious. I washed everything up and even found a towel to dry things up all nice-like. I checked the map, then legged it to the mystery door number three. Let's see what this fucked-up place has in store for me today. I pushed the door open, whispered, Hello, darkness, my old friend, and stepped through. On the other side, I was surrounded by wood and creaking. Plus, I was seesawing side to side. I'm on a fucking boat. The song plays in my head and I start singing along. With the movement of the boat, the door behind me slams shut. I yell a whole dumpster load of cussing at the closed door. This is it. I'm fucking stuck on a boat in who knows what year of our Lord. I slowly wrap my fingers around the handle, lift my eyes to the ceiling, and utter my first prayer since I was a kid and really wanted that Janet Jackson CD for my birthday. I never got the CD, which is why I gave up on the whole praying for shit deal. The handle turns, 
and pull. The door opens and I see Ostium on the other side. The tears hit my cheeks in seconds and I let out my breath. God damn, I am relieved. I wipe my face, close the door and open. Still there. I do it a few more times. Ostium greets me each time. I let the door close. I'm going to leave it like that. My stomach is still a little squirmy, so I check one last time. Yep, still there. I see above the door is a wooden sign saying Ostium. (sighs) Pretty cool. Now I won't get lost. I go from room to room, angling myself with the way the boat's moving. Some of it's fancy and all done up nice. Some looks old and disused. The room with the dining table is real nice. Everything laid out just so, ready for a fancy-ass meal. Except there's no one here to enjoy it. Just like on Roanoke. I'm all alone on a boat, probably in the middle of nowhere, and I'm kind of not surprised. I find the stairs leading up. So up on deck I go. As I get both feet on the stairs, I hear a low moan from somewhere. It scares the shit out of me. I get up on deck and look around me. It's gorgeous. I hear another moan. I shiver. Then I hear someone walking on the fucking stairs I was just on. I dart over and behind the mast, watching and waiting. The cute guy pops up on deck. What the fuck is he doing here? I knew he'd be back, just not that quick. And now he's on the same damn boat as me. He starts walking around. I keep watching moving around to keep hidden. He's acting like he's all alone, so I don't worry too much. He starts staring out to sea, like he's seen something. I follow his gaze and don't see anything. He keeps staring, so I do the same thing. Then I see a blackness. My eyes follow it around the horizon. It's all around us. And there's a weird crackling, like like seed husk being crushed. It's getting louder. I watch the guy go back downstairs, looking pretty freaked. I wait a bit, then go to the edge and peek down. He's nowhere in sight. I step down each step silently, using my training. I can see into the next room with the dining table. He's in there, looking around, like he's searching for something. What? The moaning's back. It sounds like it's getting louder. And the crunchiness. It's getting really crazy in here. I want to get moving, but... Not to be seen. I get down to the bottom of the stairs and watch as he takes something out of one of the glasses. Then I think he sort of sees me, but he doesn't turn to me. He starts running away. With the moans and crazy sounds, I I don't blame him. I'd be right behind him if I didn't mind him finding out about me. But I do follow him. He's got his full freak on, so I kick it up a notch, not worrying that he's going to see me. He's acting like he's got a balrog chasing his ass. He gets to the door, which I can see is tied open, and dives through. He grabs the door on his way, ripping the string and slamming it behind him. Great. Let's hope that didn't break the interdimensional connection or unbalance the ethereal or uh, disrupt the space-time continuum. I make it to the door and grab the handle, but don't turn it. He's probably flat on his face and ostium on the other side, catching his breath. I have to wait but the moaning and crackling makes me want to get the fuck out of here. I look around and see something, something whitish, a sort of glowing, floaty thing a few yards away from me. It looks like something materializing. It lets out a moan, and then I can see a sort of face. It's a skull, 
Fuck it. I whip open the door and fall through, slamming it behind me. On the other side, I'm lying on the ground. I wait. If he's nearby, he's seen me. He's gonna say something. But there's just silence. He's already gone. I double back to the main building, but hide nearby, waiting for him. It doesn't take long. He's bolting through the door, a backpack slung over one shoulder. He's got a nasty cut on his forehead, his face still a little bloody. Poor guy. He's headed back to the gate and his car. I head inside and crash in my rack. I'm wiped. October 6, 1314. I went through the fourth door prepared for that guy to show up again. He must know there was someone else in Ostium. I could tell a few things were slightly off. He checked out the place. He knew he wasn't alone. I decided when I woke up that this was the day we were going to meet. On my terms. I was taken from Ostium to another planet. It was all red and shit, so Mars, I was thinking. I took my time looking around at stuff. There were rockets and launch pads outside. Lots of futuristic-looking stuff inside. I focused on taking in the details while inside my mind was going batshit crazy. I was on another fucking planet for crying out loud. Ostium could take you anywhere. It was kind of... awesome. I was mainly waiting for the guy to show up, as I knew he would. So it gave me a chance to just hang in station, checking out the Martian scenery. Wondering what happened to everyone. Wondering what the point of all this was. Wondering if that black band was going to show up again. I hadn't seen anything like it on Roanoke. I was pretty far from the door, but situated so I could see it clearly. I was looking at the window when the guy showed up. I knew he'd arrived because that spooky blackness on the horizon just appeared. So whatever it was... It was tied to that guy somehow. Okay. I kept hidden and secretly followed him as he checked out the place. He geeked out more than I did. I kept my shit together. He didn't. Typical fucking guy. He kept touching and grabbing stuff. He didn't know what it was. Didn't he know I could maybe hurt him? The guy wasn't cautious at all. I sure hoped he didn't find the goddamn armory. If this place had one. I decided the time was at hand. That... Blackness was getting closer, which meant the clock was ticking, and we didn't have very long. I snuck on ahead, made some noise, showed myself a few times, letting him chase me, and then hung out at the door, waiting for him. Finally, he made his entrance. What the hell took him so long? He saw me right away. That look on his face was priceless. His mouth actually hung open. I took it as a compliment. If I was going to be stuck in Ostium with one other person, maybe it wasn't so bad it was this guy. I gave him a wink and stepped through and closed the door. I knew his oh shit meter was going to be through the roof and just waited on the other side. That blackness had been coming fast. I started to wonder if it got him, consumed him, and that moment in time of nothingness was gone. Then the door opened and he flew through. He crashed to the ground head first. I grabbed the door to close it. I looked through at the blackness that was reaching for the open doorway, tendrils breaking off of it wanting to get through. Midnight fingers, trying to get across. I saw that ghostly skull again, a white in the blackness. I slammed that door closed. The guy was out cold. No surprise there. As usual, it's up to the woman to do all the heavy lifting. I picked him up, grunted, threw him over my shoulder, and headed back to my pad. I dropped him on my bed, made him snug, found his blanket. Thought for half a second of taking his pants off, 
to make him comfortable, of course, but thought better of it. And when the young prince finally gets enough beauty sleep, we'll see what he has to say and what he thinks of yours truly. Did you get enough sleep? Um, yeah, I I think so. What time is it? It's Sunday, October 7th. 10.20 hours. 10.20? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Slipped into my military speak there. It's 20 after 10. You've been asleep for over 21 hours. Holy shit. Really? Yep. Guess you needed some shut-eye. Yeah, it's been a a tough couple days. I'm Monica. Good to meet you. I'm Jake. Hey, how do you know about this place, about Ostium? Look, Jake, here's what I think we should do. Why don't you take some time to get fully awake? I've made voice recording entries for the last six days on everything that's happened to me, from where I was before to here, Ostium. You give that a listen, and I'll round up some grub and strong hot tea. How would that treat you? Yeah, that sounds amazing. I I also keep a voice recording thingy. I use my phone. Actually, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm recording our conversation right now with said phone. But it might be easier just to get it from my iPad. I've uploaded everything online. We get Wi-Fi here, you know. Yeah, I noticed. The good old Ostium network, always dependable, better than Comcast. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you'll help my hit count. What? It was a joke. I meant the number of people listening to my voice posts. It's called a hit count. Here's my iPad. Okay. You start listening. I'll work on our sustenance and give your side a listen. Deal. grub is up. I haven't heard my yakking in a while, so I figure you're done. Or maybe it puts you to sleep. Let's eat in the main room. There's more floor space. Okay. You're going to record us eating, too? (laughs) Oh, hey, no. Sorry. Wow, that was good. Meal fit for a king. Don't get used to it, Buster. I'm not the stay-at-home wife type. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't mean you see it it was really good. I I feel a lot better now and uh I'm not much of a tea drinker, but this brew is really hitting the spot. Hot and strong with a good dose of caffeine. I've been on intravenous coffee for the last few days in vast amounts. It's a welcome change. Good. So, that was pretty smart how you discovered Ostium. <laughs> Thanks. 
it was kind of an accident, but once I saw it, it was like it wouldn't let go. Like someone had cast a fishing line and the hook had sunk in deep. Fortunately, it was a metaphorical hook. What? Sorry, it was just being a little weird there. Uh, I was just being me. Okay. So anyway, you've seen a lot, experienced a lot, gone through a lot. Yeah, it's been overwhelming, to say the least. I'm uh, still processing it all. I think if I were to go back home right now and just slot back into my normal life for a week, I still wouldn't be able to process anything. So you're thinking of leaving Ostium? What? No, absolutely not. Remember the fishing hook? I can't leave. I won't leave. I don't want to leave. There's so much here. I've seen so much, but it's only the tip of the iceberg. I know there's so much more. There sure is. So what did you think of my side of the story? So, uh, you really think I'm cute? Really? (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) You're such a fucking typical guy. Homo erectus right there. Wait, what? You discover a secret, hidden, abandoned town that has doors that transport you to different points in time. Then you find another person who knows about the town and has been going through the same thing. And you hear my story, and the point you fixate on is the one time I mentioned you're cute? Uh, well, huh. yeah, well, you know, I've been very much on my own the last few days, and you suddenly show up, and you're, well, you're beautiful, and... Uh, you did say that I was uh, damn cute and um, not really help helping myself here, am I? Oh, no. You go on. Dig yourself deeper. Confirm what every girl thinks every guy commenter online is really thinking. Yep. Well, I'm sorry. I've been alone inside my head for too long. Uh, how about we start this over? Sounds good. What did you think of my story? Oh, it was fascinating. Much better. You're really military? Ex-military now. Oh, yeah? With the whole uh, AWOL thing? Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in. Oh, well, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I'm just fucking with you, Jake. I'm done with that place. Moving on to bigger and better things, right? Ostium? Uh Uh-huh. I feel like I only got part of your story with the voice recordings. You covered the last few days, but you only really hinted at how you found out about Ostium. What led you here? How did you discover Ostium? Very astute, Jake. I'm impressed. My estimation of your intelligence is going up. Well, thank you. I try. How are you for tea? This is going to be a longish story. You want some more? Uh, I'm okay for now. How about you get started and then we'll take a break if we need one. Sounds like a plan. Look at that. We're already working together so well. I think this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. What? Oh, it's, uh, it's a quote. I got it, Jake. I'm just fucking with you again. You're going to have to keep an eye out for it. It's kind of my shtick. People have hated me for it. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll be on my guard. Now you're getting it. So, I guess I'll start at the beginning. The beginning for Ostium. My beginning, you'll have to hear about another day. And I'll want to hear about your turbulent history then, too. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll talk all about the skeletons in my closet. Ooh, intriguing. 
So Ostium began for me about six months ago. Ostium first got picked up on a satellite image. According to the records, this very spot had been photographed a couple of times since the satellites up there started looking at us down here. It was just some random imaging, nothing specifically being searched for. I was just scanning through them. It was sort of part of my assignment, sort of me just messing around. Eating up work time until it was the next guy's turn. Where was this? On a base? A secret compound? I'm sorry, Jake, that's classified. But, uh, you said you were done. Wait, is this you fucking with me again? You're catching on real fast, Jake. I like that. It's a base. Kind of secret. Not a lot of people know it's there. I could give you the coordinates, but I don't think that would do much for you. No, not really. Okay, let's just say it's kind of in the middle of Mendocino County. Kind of far from here, but not too much. A decent distance so that, say, someone leaving that base could make it here in time before they totally lost their fucking mind. Gotcha. So up to this point, the imaging was just showing lots of forests. Trees as far as the eye could see. Inland Southern California is all deserts and flatlands. Inland Northern California is all trees and hills. And then I saw Ostium, just like you did. It was during an overnight shift, like 1 or 2 in the a.m., I stopped on an image and saw this entire town, and I was like, what the fuck? I tagged it and put it aside and moved on, looking at other images. But there was only the one that had ostium on it. It was an aerial view overlooking the entire town. I could tell right away it was different. And that wall... Yeah? That goes all around in one big circle. Like a medieval fortified village. Yes, sir, Bob. The name's Jake. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, what was so different about it? It looked so planned, like someone had picked this spot for a town, drew up the design, along with the high wall, and then built the fucking thing. The streets, the buildings, the space in the northern half of the town, it all looks set up. Unnatural. No sense of the fluid growth of a town. Like it was strategically orchestrated for a specific purpose. Yep. The question is, had this place always been Deadsville, or is that a more recent event? Huh? Population. Zero. Oh, right. It has the feel of one of those factory towns or commuter towns, there for one job, an exact population to serve whatever industry is nearby. But there's nothing near here. It's the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Which is why I think we're the first two residents of Ostium. (sighs) But then who stocked the kitchen? All these canned goods. Oh, that. I can explain that. Let me get back to my story, but first I need a refill on my tea. I gave my superior a full report on what I discovered. I put the request in for a series of images over a number of days. That way we could tell if there was any activity going on down there, or here, rather. As I'm sure you know, there wasn't a sign of anything. My boss had a lot on his plate, like he always does. 
and decided some initial aerial reconnaissance, and then one person dispatched to check it out. I bet you really wanted to be that person. You betcha. But my boss is a boss, which means he's an asshole, especially when it comes to women in the military. Add to that his dislike for anyone whose skin color is different from his. You kind of get the picture. He ordered me to keep my eyes glued to the screen and keep my delectable hiney in the chair. So I got to watch everything happening. Aerial reconnaissance picked up some fancier photos, more details, high res, lots of glossy color. But that was about it. Nothing really useful. I sure did enjoy pouring over them, though. Got a pretty damn good mental map of the town now. My memory's sharp. Not as good as your photographic one. <laughs> so I got to watch the whole game from the sidelines. The lucky man got dropped within five miles of Ostium. He was picked up three days later from the same LZ. He gave his report to my boss, and I got no trickle-down info. Fortunately, we're good friends. He's cute too, you know, and gave me the lowdown. For those three days, he never set foot in Ostium. It was all about checking the scene from the outside, observing, noting any activity. Of which there was none. Bingo. He said he was pretty fucking bored, especially since the gate was unlocked and just waiting for someone to come in. He made it clear that as Dullsville as the place seemed, he needed to go into Ostium just to be sure. He planned to go for another three days and then get back in contact after that and assess. When I said goodbye to him before he left, it was the last time I ever saw him. What was his name? Steve. We all started getting real busy with other projects, but since nothing had happened in Ostium yet and Steve hadn't seen a thing to be concerned about, everything just went along normally. I got moved on to other things and had to get my info third and fourth hand. He'd gotten in touch after three days and said he found something. Wasn't sure what, but needed more time. He also put in an order for a specific list of supplies. Whoever was overseeing Steve's project gave the okay without a second thought. His mind must have been on other projects. And because Steve hadn't said anything was going south, no one batted an eye. I didn't find this out until after the fact, but he got his supplies in a few days. Canned goods? All stuff in the kitchen? You have to thank Steve for that. And I bet his hair was smooth and silky. I don't know about that, but I know he cared about his dandruff, which is why it had to be head and shoulders. Oh, it all makes sense now. No, no it doesn't. What do you mean? Let me finish the story. After getting the supplies, he was due to check in a week later. The supplies were obviously for much longer, but it was expected after that week, unless he found out something worth investigating, he'd be brought back and that'd be the end of it. Well, that day came and went. There was no further communication with Steve. Days passed and still nothing. My boss heard about it all and finally decided to pay attention. He sent a team of five out there to investigate. The rumors were that he'd gone AWOL. I really wanted to be part of that team, but once again, my boss wanted to keep my boots at the base and nowhere near Ostium. I did get put in charge of helping facilitate the planned rescue mission and handled all the communications. Like Steve, the team was dropped a few miles from Ostium, early in the AM. They spent the day first doing reconnaissance and then the rest of the day inside the town. They didn't find a single sign of Steve or sign of anything going on in Ostium. That night, the team was pulled out and brought back. In the debriefing, when each member was asked what they thought had happened to Steve, they all said he went AWOL, but I didn't believe it for a second. He wasn't the running away type? He went inside Ostium, and then he ran away? How much sense do you think that makes? 
None. He obviously found this place and stocked everything. He had the map table to work with. But we each made one of those numbers turn gold by bringing back something from those times. But he didn't. Still, he was a smart guy. He must have worked it out. Maybe something happened when he went through that door to Roanoke? Maybe. Maybe that blackness came and he didn't make it back in time. He got him. Well, I'm not going to sleep well tonight. Thanks for that. I need more tea. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So they dropped it. Kind of forgot about him. Really pissed me off. They notified a bunch of people to be on the lookout for him. But as far as they were concerned, he was out of sight, out of mind. Moving on now. You cared a lot about him, didn't you? <sighs> I did. I didn't realize how much until he was gone. But we hung out a lot and got along really well. If we hadn't met on base but somewhere else, we might have had something. I was now somewhere I didn't want to be, and I had somewhere I needed to be. I made my plan, looked for the right moment, got a few supplies, snuck off base, and made my way here. And you found it pretty easily? Negative. It did take me a while. My recordings offer a shortened version, but I'd been studying the location since they put me on the project, and finding shit in the middle of nowhere is part of my training. Do you think he's here? Somewhere in Ostium? I don't know. Where else can he be? Your boss is probably looking for you, too. By my estimate, they could be coming through the gate at any moment. I've been comforting myself that they're thinking I'm following in Steve's footsteps. Which I am, but if I'm AWOL too, I could be anywhere. So it's going to require searching a lot of areas. Ostium is definitely going to be one of them. Okay, that means we need to be prepared. And other than keeping our eyes peeled, keeping a constant watch, what are you thinking? Wait a second. If I was sleeping on your bed for all those hours, uh, where were you sleeping? I have this uncanny superhero ability to be able to sleep on anything. Even if it's the hard, cold floor. It doesn't bother me. You slept on the floor? All night? Nah, I caught a few hours of shut-eye, but I was walking around. Reconning, bivouacking, circumventing. Military shit like that. I've been waiting for the sound of marching boots coming through the gates since yesterday. I'm a little on edge. Hence all that damn tea. Cheers. I need to stretch my legs and think. Um, did it freak you out when you put the figurine on the map table? Kinda. It also 
felt right. And that was immediately comforting, so I wasn't that affected by it. Like things were lining up like they're supposed to. I felt that way since I set foot in this place, like it's a place I was always destined to reach. And now I'm here and it all feels right. Ooh, mystical. Oh, fuck you. Hey, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. It's felt the same for me, too. It's why I keep coming back. It's got this magnetic pull. Because we're supposed to be. Now who's being mystical? We're even talking all new agey. Number one. Door number one. What about it? It's, uh, it's black on the map. Yes, all the numbers on the map are black. Well, except for two and three, because of what we did. Spit it out, Brainiac. Well, we each brought something back from Roanoke and the Mary Celeste, so we still need to do something for number one to turn it gold like the other two. Ah, oh, shit. So what the hell do we do? Fuck if I know. We could try coins. Each put a coin on the number? Yeah, I don't think so. It's not right. Why? Because that's something from the outside. This needs to be from us in here, from Ostian. How do we do that? Well, why don't we just touch it together at the same time? Sounds good to me. You know, I don't think it... Wait. Holy shit. Feel it. I can see it. Oh my god. The number's gold now. I think we can take our fingers off of it. Yeah. Okay. Did, uh... Did you see something? In your head? Yes. It was Ostium. Yes. I saw it all. There was so much detail, like watching an HD movie. Ultra HD. And I could zoom in and see the doors and the numbers. Awesome computer. Did you zoom into the gates? No, I didn't. Do it. What? Do it now. You still have the ability. I do? I do. What is that? That, my friend, is the cavalry. They've arrived, and they're coming in. That shaky, terrified feeling was back, in the pit of my stomach. I hadn't missed it, but just seeing those strangers come into Ostium. In my place. No, into our place. We just stood there, staring at the wall, but our minds were linked to Ostium. It was kind of like a digitized security map meets Pac-Man. The whole town was laid out inside my head, and at one end, where there was a broken line, was an amorphous red blob. I was able to zoom in on the gate. Monica, I think I can lock the gate somehow. With my mind. No. Don't do it. We want them to come in. What the hell? Really? That doesn't make any sense. Just trust me on this. These are my people. I know how they act. I know what they're going to do. I stared at her, dumbfounded. I might have even been shaking my head. Then I focused back on the action. The gate was now open. No surprise there. 
That strange padlock was long gone to wherever. I made a mental note to ask Monica if she knew anything about it. The soldiers, I presume they were soldiers and everything Monica had been telling me so far was right and true, were streaming in now. The amorphous blob had separated into 12 smaller, more distinct blobs. Good. It's just one squad. Why is that good? Because for all I know, they could have sent a whole fucking battalion to come charging down our door. Good point. So, what do we do? Wait. And do nothing. It'll work out fine. Trust me. We continued watching the squad hold the tight formation and begin their search. You could tell when they tried opening doors. They would stop, then start moving again. Stop at the next door, try it, then move on down. It got pretty repetitive, and if it had been anyone other than the armed military bearing down on us, I probably would have been pretty bored. As it was, we just stood there, stock still, focused. It took them a while, but they eventually made it to the clock tower. It was separate from the rows of buildings and looked significantly different, so they were inevitably going to notice it. Plus, they had intel on this place, as lacking as it might be. When they started coming in range, I peeked through the window. I was being careful not to be seen. Monica noticed me, but said nothing. So either I was doing it right, or there was something else going on that I didn't know about. They were coming now. Their guns were raised, pointed right at this building. I think they were M16s. A few years ago, a friend of mine, Brandon, a guy who used to go to Giants games with. Man, the idea of going to a sports game right now seems as foreign as... Facing a squad of soldiers with machine guns pointed right at your head? Anyway, as a birthday present, Brandon took me to a shooting range. I'd never fired an actual gun before. I got to try out the Sig Sauer. Damned if I remember what specific model it was. It was a gun, and it was deadly. They showed us how to load it, to keep the barrel pointed down at all times until you're about to fire at the target. Now, I'd seen cops and mobsters load clips into their handguns hundreds of times on TV and in the movies, popping in the bullets like they were magnetic, slamming the clip home for dramatic effect. And of course, Loading that first round with sinister intention. Doing it for real is pretty damn hard. The gun is heavy, noticeably metallic. The first time I tried to force a bullet into the clip, it slipped, and I got a nice gash on my index finger while the shell tinkled to the floor. I had to have Brandon load it for me. When I fired the gun, it was pretty devastating. So powerfully lethal, it made me quiver. It put it all in perspective. That someone, or a number of someones, had invented this weapon whose sole purpose was to kill, and kill it could. Easily. I couldn't make it through the whole clip. On the eighth shot, I had to put it down. I was done. And I hadn't come close to hitting the target. Whoa, sorry about that. 
didn't mean to wax poetic on gun control or lack thereof for so long. Watching these soldiers approaching us with those machine guns, this was the memory that came back to me so suddenly, real strong. It's okay. I looked at her, confused. You can look through the window. You don't have to hide. I raised my eyebrows, really confused and surprised. Just trust me. I could see all 12 of them now, clearly. In their camo uniforms and all that gear weighing them down. They look ready for anything. I knew they could never be ready for Ostium. They can't hear us either. I kept watching them come closer, the fear in me wanting to break free. I was barely holding it together. That little guy hanging a little behind everyone is uh, Sergeant Harris. I don't recognize anyone else in the squad. That's intentional. In case they find me. I'd be court-martialed, and they don't want anyone who knows me getting cold feet for what needs to be done. Now, watch this. One of the men in front had broken away and approached the door. He turned the handle. It was both surreal and petrifying to watch the handle on the inside turn also. I held a breath, and what I thought might be the start of a scream. Then he pushed. The door didn't move. At all. He pushed with his whole body, then threw his shoulder into it. He stepped back and started kicking. Another man joined him and they charged the door. It still didn't move. The sergeant walked up to one of the windows, the one I was looking out of. I watched him come up close. Then, just as I had done days ago, upon first entering Ostium, he put his hands up to cup his eyes and then leaned against the glass, looking in. He was looking right at me, and I was looking right back at him. It was beyond surreal. I could see right into him. His eyes were green. Can't see a fucking thing, came a gravelly drawl, muffled by the glass. I gasped. The sergeant turned to the men at the door. Put a few rounds in it. The soldier who tried the door first received the honor. He pulled something on his M16, took aim at the door handle, and opened fire. This time I jumped back, falling over, my hands over my ears. It was loud. I expected there to be smoke and splinters and the door to come swinging open. I slowly opened my eyes. Monica was still standing there. She hadn't moved. The door, meanwhile, was perfectly fine. Not a scratch on it from the inside, and judging by the reaction, unblemished on the outside, too. There was a lot of yelling and cursing. The soldier took aim again, looking to perhaps empty his entire clip into the door. That's enough, Private, said the sergeant. We're done here. There was no hesitation in any of the other eleven men. They'd been given an order. They were going to follow it without question. They all turned and started walking back. I watched them until they were gone from view, then switched to the mental ostium map. Once they were past the gate, the red amorphous blob was back once again and quickly began to grow fainter until it was gone entirely. That's when Monica finally relaxed. I found myself on the floor once again, not really sure how I got there, but happy to have the support of solid wooden boards. How did you know? I asked Monica over some strong tea and hot grub a short while later. The windows. She offered nothing else, drinking her tea. <laughs> Typical. 
Then it fell into place, like a window sliding closed. Sorry, that simile was terrible, especially given the circumstances. The windows were black, just like all the other buildings. Yep. They couldn't see in. Couldn't see anything. Of course. I never thought of that. When I first came to the clock tower, I was all focused on wishing the door would open for me and didn't even glance at the windows. You checked them out, right? No, I didn't. What? I was going on a really strong hunch. All the other buildings had the same windows. This one had two. Like you, I forgot to check. Huh. Well, you told me to trust you. I did. And we're alive and well now. And drinking tea. Is that it? Will they leave us alone? She was quiet for a while, thinking, deciding. Huh. I don't really know. I want to say yes, but it's not certain. They could come back, but it's unlikely. Well, with our handy-dandy Ostium alert system, we'll know when we're having visitors again. driving home now. I'm pretty sure it's for the last time. No, I know it's for the last time. I think it's a necessary separation. The Ostium train has gotten rolling. It's left the station and it's gotten up to a good cruising speed. Unless there's a wreck on the rails, it's not stopping anytime soon. I think my apartment and my connections with the real world are part of the potential wreck. I need to make sure the rails stay clear as far as the eye can see. Wow. I'm already into the deep allegorical shit, and I haven't even put on Pink Floyd yet. That's when I find the album I want on my phone and press play. Division Bell. Like the previous album, A Momentary Lapse of Reason, it opens with an instrumental track. I haven't heard it in a while. The beginning sound slowly builds. It's a crunching, crackling, wrenching sort of sound. As it builds, the image of popping popcorn pops into my head. I then realize it's the sound. I pull over to the side of the road. I'm not too far from Ostium, and the road is still plenty quiet. I sit there, listening. It's the sound of the blackness coming towards me, increasing in volume. I heard and saw it on the Mary Celeste, and on Mars. And now it scares the shit out of me. The music is finally starting, but I can still hear that horrible haunting sound in the background. I skip to the next track. It begins with drums and some light guitar, then David Gilmore explodes with his unique sound. That gets me back on track. I start the car and get back on the road. My brain is doing that thing it does when I'm driving, working on automatic, sifting through the events of the day, percolating like Mr. Coffee. The first thing it keeps repeating at me, which I'm not going to deny, is that Monica is a stunning woman. She's beautiful. I know it's been a few days since I've been around people, and it's been... Let's see, 11 months and 12 days since the fraught end of my last relationship. Not that I'm counting or anything, but still. Of all the people to have shown up in Ostium, Monica sure is 
something. So let's take a look at this. Jackpot winning luck aside. How did Monica end up finding Ostium and then running into me? Her series of audio recordings explain the steps she took, though I have a feeling there's more to be told on her part. A lot more. Like any good complex character, looks aside, I need the backstory, the history. I was actually going to kind of confront her about it today, and then the goddamn military showed up and threw everything out of whack. But I'm heading home now, and like I said, it's for the last time. I'm severing that tie with this world and becoming a permanent resident of Ostium. When I told Monica that this was what I wanted to do, what I needed to do, she wasn't just understanding, but encouraging. The one bed might have something to do with that. As much as I'd like to share it with her. Okay, sorry. I, I'm going to stop being a crass asshole. I'm going to dig out my sleeping bag, buy myself an inflatable mattress, and that'll solve the sleeping arrangements at the clock tower Ritz. I'll also need blankets and a pillow or two for comfort. So, getting back to Monica. I'm not really well-versed in military etiquette other than the conglomeration of inaccurate stuff from movies, so I don't really know if her story checks out 100%. I don't know how hard they come after you if you go AWOL. It seems like one of the worst things you could do. Desertion. Other than, like, treason. So you'd think it'd be a lot bigger deal, but she didn't make it sound like it was. Our country isn't at war right now with any big, mean nation, so maybe that has something to do with it. The story rings true, and if you take a look from a distance at my discovery of Ostium, it certainly sounds somewhat fantastic, bordering on wizards and dragons craziness, but I know it to be completely true. So why couldn't Monica's be? And we found each other in a strange and somewhat scary place, so it's natural we would want to work together to get through it and try to understand what Ostium is trying to tell us, to join forces, an alliance of comprehension. But what about the lock? That weird-looking padlock that was on the gates the first time I came to Ostium and then was mysteriously gone the next day. I needed to ask Monica about that, see if she had a specific answer for it, or find out if it was just one of the weirdnesses of Ostium or discover if Monica hesitated before giving me an answer, like she was making something up, or just feeding me something, indicating she was holding back, keeping secrets from me. Ostium was still doing its best at keeping most of the secrets from us, or at least from me. The last thing I needed was my one and only ally keeping her own secrets. No. When I got back, we were going to have a heart-to-heart -heart of sorts, a state of the union. With me moving in full-time, we needed to be on the same page about everything, discuss and link up our hopes and goals. My favorite song, the last track on the album, was starting, so that's when I told my brain to shut up, cranked up the volume, and enjoyed the music. About halfway home, the pervasive invisible fog that was that weird mental map of Ostium cleared. Was that the extent of its reach? Was it something specific to me as an honorary member of the Ostium Club, currently at a grand two members? 
But that was when my mind cleared or perhaps reconnected with the world. And I remembered my previous trip heading out to Ostium and how I had been wrestling with the fact that Ostium had stolen time from me in a way. I sucked in a breath and turned on the screen on my phone. I actually gasped when I saw that it was a little while after 2 p.m. on Sunday. Not the Sunday I thought it was at the start of the day when I'd gotten that email from Robert. Was it really the same day? Apparently not. No, not by a long shot. It was the following Sunday, as in a week later, as in seven whole days. So basically what had been less than the passage of two days to me was an entire week. Holy shit. They say time flies, but this is ridiculous. But I need to focus on getting home right now. Don't want to run myself off the road here without right panic. But holy shit. at home a week later than I expected. I'm not happy about this, but there's nothing I can really do about it now. I select my key from the small selection hanging from my keychain. It looks foreign to me, strange, like it doesn't belong, as if it's somebody else's. I turn the lock and step inside. I know I've got doors on the brain, and that's to be expected when traveling around in Ostium, but stepping through that door honestly feels like stepping into another world. On an esoteric level, it is. It's something else now, not really belonging to me. Legally, that's just not true, but I have no real physical or emotional connection to it, even though I've lived here for over three years. Hell, I've had sex here, even if it was way too goddamn long ago. (laughs) Thanks, Brain, for reminding me about that. I close the door behind me. It has a dull, unnatural sound. Not like a door should sound. Not like a door in Ostium. My apartment smells stale, old, disused, even though it's only been a day or two. Oh wait, no it hasn't, it's been a whole fucking week. I really don't like this time dilation thing. I always thought being involved or able to participate in any particular way with time travel would be the most awesomest thing I could ever experience. I was wrong, fucking sucks. But I need to move on. I start thinking about what I'm going to take, what's going to stay, if I should call anyone, let anyone know what's going on, or just disappear off the face of the earth. It's not like anyone has really missed me since I've been gone. I guess Robert at work noticed, and my boss, once I didn't show up enough for him to decide to fire me. But otherwise, a few emails and posts on Facebook, but nothing really says, where the hell have you been? Is everything okay? And that's when there's a loud booming on my door. It's not just knocking, and it's a long step beyond hammering. Whoever's on the other side has made a fist and is slamming it against the door as hard as he or she can. Though by this point, I'm pretty sure it's a definitive heat. I'm just a few feet from the door, and it scares the crap out of me. I actually jump in the air, and I feel the wave of shock and fear wash over me, like someone just upended a bucket of icy water. This is an ice bucket challenge I didn't want to participate in. But I guess at the end of the day, or 
Is that the end of the week? Someone does apparently care. Brandon is on the other side, my baseball buddy, the one guy who I've regularly hung out with over the last few years, the one guy out of everyone who should at least give a damn about me. He does. That's why he's here, obviously. He strides in, pushes me back, slams the door behind him. I wince at the sound, reflexively blinking. You, he says, pointing his finger right at me. Where the fuck have you been? He sounds really angry. I just stare at him, the proverbial deer in the headlights. I can feel the blood draining from my head. I can feel my face turning white, a numbness setting in, as well as a growing lightheadedness. Sit down. He goes into my kitchen and grabs two clinking bottles from the fridge. He comes back with two Widers pear ciders. If I haven't mentioned it, I'm a cider guy, not a beer guy. Widers is my favorite, especially the pear. Brandon isn't really a cider guy. He's most definitely a beer guy. But he'll drink a cider occasionally, especially if it's all a friend's fridge has. That's what friends do. Now I have a heavy feeling in my stomach. It's guilt with a healthy dose of shame. He comes back and hands me a bottle and sits down opposite me on the long couch where we've watched a number of movies together. Tough guy action flicks and had a great time. Now I'm really starting to feel bad. Okay, man. Tell me what's going on. I'm just staring at him, trying to think of words. Any words. I drank some cider. It's delicious, as always. You've been gone for a long time. I Facebook messaged you. I texted. I called a bunch of times. I even fucking tweeted your ass. I called your work. Found out you'd not been there for over a week. And got fired. Did you know that? Yes. Even though I've been imbibing a liquid, my voice is dry and croaky. I was getting really worried. I am really worried. I've been coming to your house for the last three days. Then I just camped out yesterday and waited and waited and waited. And then today I see you pull in, go up the stairs, unlock your door, and go inside like no biggie, like everything's okay. He takes a breath. I keep staring, speechless. Well, it's not okay. I, I just want to know what's going on. And if you need any help. It's that last part that hits home, that cuts deep. This guy really does care. And now I have a raw, weeping wound in my emotional nerve. I'm going to have to say something. I don't know what. So I just open my mouth and start talking. I found something. Well, more of a somewhere. It's a place not on any map. It's a secret. A hidden town. Brandon stares at me, a frown forming a grooved V in his forehead. And? It... It's a place that didn't want to be discovered, only I found it, and inside are all these buildings and doors with numbers on them. Okay. Okay, I get it. You found a cool old ruin of a town, like those ghost towns they have all over California from the Old West. Sort of, but not really. Then explain it to me. Put it in plain fucking English, please. Well, the doors are numbered. It's, uh part of a code. You have to open each door in order. And these doors, I unavoidably pause again. It's getting hard to spit out the words to make my vocal cords comply. Is that me? Or is that the reaching, controlling fingers of ostium clasping around my throat? Doors, numbers, sure. Why does that mean you have to drop off the face of the earth for a week? Because, because the doors lead to other places. 
other places in time, other dimensions, other worlds. The disbelief is as clear on his face as a black and white newspaper with a half-page sized headline. It's real. Bullshit. It's real. I don't fucking believe you, man. That just sounds <laughs> fucking insane. Doors to other times? Like the past? The future? Seriously? Yes, both, actually. I've been... I know at this point I've lost him. I'm also pretty sure whatever friendship we had has been irrevocably severed. This made-up story is just too much, even for a friend. I would have done better saying I'd won the lottery or met someone on the other side of the country. I just keep going because, at this point, I can't stop. I may not be convincing Brandon, but I'm definitely helping to convince myself that this home, this friendship, this life, this world, is over. Now there's only Ostium. I've been to Roanoke in the 16th century, and an old ship in the 19th century. I've also been to Mars, and it was incredible. Fuck you, man. Fuck you and fuck your stupid made-up town. Jeez, I thought there was more to you, but you're nothing but a sack of shit. It's fucking real, I yell right back at him. He gets up to leave, the half-drunk bottle of cider long ignored. There's also someone there, in the town, working with me, a woman. This stops him, he sits back down. <sighs> so all this is about a chick? No. And that's when I decide to just give in. The friendship is over, no matter what. Let's just try and send Brandon on his way without completely hating my guts. He's looking at me now with raised eyebrows. I choose the path less taken and begin my lie. Well, yes, I met her last Friday on the street on my way to work. We kind of uh, ran into each other, but I picked up her things and I was real nice about it. I wanted to avoid being the asshole guy who just wants to connect with anyone of the opposite sex. She was reading the new Song of Ice and Fire book. Uh, the Game of Thrones books? Yeah, the new one just came out. I finished it the day I got it, so we started talking about it. She was almost done with it, and then that led to blowing off our respective employers and having coffee and really connecting. We went out that night. Damn, nice job, man. It's been a while since uh, Kristen, wasn't it? Yeah, we uh, hung out all day Saturday, and that night we slept together, and it was amazing. I bet it was. Fucking kinky Game of Thrones sex, am I right? Yeah, and we just wanted to spend all of our time together. We got our stuff and went driving around Mendocino County for most of the week. Went all the way up to Eureka, hung out in Fort Bragg, and just enjoyed each other. Yeah, in every way possible, I bet. You randy motherfucker. So what was all that shit about doors and hidden towns and traveling through time? I was starting to remember pretty clearly now why I didn't hang out with Brandon all the time. It was a sort of LARP thing we were doing. Live action role playing? We were uh, acting out a fantasy together. Kinky motherfucker. So, anyways, uh, I literally just got back. Still got all my shit in the car. I just dropped Monica off at her place. Wow, that's awesome. Monica, huh? Sounds sexy. She white? No, she's black. Hot damn! Crossing over the... Please, 
Anything you're about to say, just don't. I really don't want to hear it. He mimes, zipping his lips. And now I'm really fucking wiped, and I was just about to crash for like 20 hours. He knew his cue and stood up again. I joined him. I hear you, man. You must be fucking wiped in every way possible. Six fucking ways from Sunday, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I practically moaned in abhorrence. All right. I'll get out of your hair then. Thanks. I'd appreciate it. Oh, but uh, what about the job? Oh, that. Well, I was pretty sick of it anyway. I've been looking around for something else. Uh, even sent out a couple of resumes a few weeks ago. The lies were just pouring out, but I knew the end was near. Oh, good on you. Well, when you're ready to rejoin the world, drop me a line. I'd like to meet this lovely Monica. Yeah, sounds good, man. See you around. He opens the door and walks himself out. I close it behind him and deadbolt it. I lean back against the door and let out a long, shaky breath. I drag out my suitcases and duffel bags and fill them with everything I think I'll ever need and anything I deem important. I don't worry about taking too much. There's plenty of room and ostium for all my stuff. I'm leaving a lot of books behind, and that's tough. I do grab my rare first edition hardcover of Game of Thrones. Yes, the first of the series, and it's in mint condition. I also grab my leather-bound Lord of the Rings and Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. I also grab my Kindle and Kobo e-reader. On each of those devices are about 10,000 books. Have I mentioned I'm kind of insane about books and collecting them? E-books make it a lot more reasonable of an addiction, and feasible too. My laptop goes in the bag, along with a couple of chargers. When I decide I'm ready, I check outside to make sure Brandon's still not spying on me. He's long gone. I fill up my car with everything and get on the road. I hit an ATM and take out as much cash as I can. I'll have to work out how to get the rest of my money from my account later. Today's Sunday, and of course, no banks are open. And I'm sure once my rent becomes long overdue, my landlord's going to be looking for me. I get on the road with plenty of drinks and snacks. The sun is making its swift way down to the Pacific, and light is starting to fade. By the time I make it to Ostium, it'll be pitch black. Should be fun. And as I'm heading up the familiar highway, I have this warm, swelling feeling inside of me. It's not food or drink related. I wonder what it is for a few seconds and realize it's elation. I'm really damn excited to be heading back to Ostium, my new home. I'm also really looking forward to seeing Monica again and seeing what's in our future with regards to Ostium and its many mysterious doors. <laughs>